Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Ryan Huang. We're just hours away from the Singapore Budget 2024. Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong will be delivering his budget statement in Parliament at 3.30pm today. It's a much-anticipated budget which will take on the theme, Building Our Shared Future Together. And it's a budget that many Singaporeans are looking forward to as the nation confronts challenges on the demographic, ecological and economic fronts, while the country navigates a leadership succession that's likely to take place by the end of this year. DBM Wong says that this is the first installment of plans set out in the Forward Singapore Roadmap, which outlines seven key shifts developed from the suggestions of some 200,000 Singaporeans whom the 4G leadership team engaged over 16 months. For more insights, we're joined by Annie Ko, Professor Emeritus of Finance from the Lee Kong Chen School of Business at the Singapore Management University. Good morning, Annie. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hello, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. Always great to have you on, Annie. So let's talk about what is on your budget wish list this year. How do you think it's going to be different from what I've been seeing from the past few years? Very good. I actually don't like the question, my budget wish list. <laughs> I actually would say, I would love to have you say, what's on our budget okay. wish list? So I do think it will be a forward-looking budget. And I don't think, um, you know, it will be just a one-year budget. I would like to see it as the beginning. Mm. That's what PPM has said, uh, first installment. So we should be thinking longer term, looking at the forward Singapore uh, report and then work on it on year to year. That's a good point. All the budgets all do come together. It's not piecemeal. It builds on previous budgets and previous measures as well. For yeah. now, and what we know is that this year's budget will be giving significant focus to the Forward Singapore Report, which lays out a roadmap that's quite wide-ranging, spanning education, jobs, and support for families and seniors. So how can mm. this be done in a sustainable manner? So I think when you use the word sustainable, most people are thinking it's just about financial all right, sustainability. I think it should go beyond that because when we look at the Forward Singapore report, it's actually about shifts and shifting takes time. But it's very important that the policies are aligned to the shifts and we do have the fiscal budget as one of the very key drivers. So, you know, this will take a process and mindset shifts are going to be a lot more difficult than financial shifts. So the financial impetus will be there. And there are a couple of very much more urgent shifts that are more needed Mm. um, than all seven pillars at one go. All right, shifting on to something else we are focusing on. In the Forward Singapore exercise, the constant theme that has emerged was how the idea of a good life has evolved Mm. beyond material success. Now, which areas, Annie, do you think need a bit more of a boost in order for Singaporeans to turn their dreams into reality? Very nice. So I think if you look at all the data that's coming out at the beginning of the year, one of the biggest challenge uh, in the minds of many people are job losses. They are going to be very concerned and I think pillar two or you know, shift two is very important. Respecting and rewarding every job. I'm hoping and uh, really thinking that this requires revolutionary approach. Uh, re-employment help for people who are actually retrenched, displaced, and they have bills to pay. And I'm seeing ways of younger people getting retrenched as well. 
So they might want to have a period of time to consider what would be the next lap for them, retooling, reskilling, but also matching their passion, their dream to a job that gives them that room and space to explore and work. So, you know, I would love to see that re-employment, you know, help given. I think many of our young people are also saying we do not want to fall into the trap of being compared to different classes of jobs. So I do want to see the gap closed. It's amazing that actually a university grad gets two times the pay of an ITE grad, one and a half times the pay of a poly grad. How do we close that gap? Maybe we can't do it all immediately this year, but incentivize a lot of our poly, our ITE, give them an opportunity to get a further you know, certification, a top up in their credentials, such that there's jobs which involve hands and heart, which means it's actually, uh, you know, professional technician jobs and heart care jobs. Those are also recognised. I was quite shocked that actually a lot of our nursing staff, which are essential during COVID, they don't get very high pay, 2,000 plus days. And then, you know, looking at only a 13-month pay, maybe there are ways to relook some of this measurement. The success is beyond material, and mm. I totally agree with you. So, you know, we hope that there will be some, these are some of the areas. And of course, learning beyond grades. I love that tremendously. I've just got a grandson. I would love to see him appreciate life skills, uh, you know, interaction skills, grow up loving learning, and not just because you have to be scoring. And I'm so glad that we're doing it with the PSLE, although that's six years down the road. Yeah, congrats on the recent addition to your family, Annie. Now, a lot Thank of you. hopes and concerns, Annie. We can't discount the fact that rising inflation and cost of living, even though we've talked about it for quite some time, is still on the top of everyone's minds. So how can existing measures be enhanced to ensure that social safety nets can be improved, not just for individuals, but SMEs as well? Yes, and I think this is one area where we actually need to come together. It's no longer just a government's role. So I'm actually very glad that, um, you know, through the Singapore Business Federation and many of the associations, they are all coming together and say, can we sit down and ask ourselves, what's the joint public-private people partnership that's needed to create very practical solutions? And I would love to see the time when, you know, bigger companies, the GLCs, the MNCs, when they go abroad, they could bring along our SMEs. So it's almost like a queen bee, but a queen bee to say my supply chain need all these SMEs. How do we continue to let them grow? Because if they don't grow, we also can't grow. We cannot source our supplies continuously from outside the country. So look at the cost drivers throughout every value chain. And therefore, it cannot be one size fits all. It has to look at it from a sector-by-sector basis and propose a lot of recommendations beyond just technology. It's about tech, it's about talent, it's about trust. And I need all the three T's to transform an ecosystem approach to making us much more competitive. So yes, this is urgent and this Mm. is something that I believe, I hope that the budget, and I don't like the word safety nets. It's not about safety nets, it's about giving that SME the chance to go beyond this budget and who knows, they were once small. All our big MNCs, our globally competitive company, they were once small. 
So why can't we give them that opportunity to grow big if they have the conviction, they have the right talent and the right technology to do so? Yeah, and you talk about pressing issues. Active aging is also another area that cuts through many fronts and this is something a lot of people care about. Can you perhaps expect a retirement assurance package that's perhaps targeted not just at those closer to retirement but one to help younger generations plan for when they age as well? Yes. So I think we are having that the Majula package is coming up. The young seniors, 73, you know, birth year. And this is actually very urgent because I think in many ways, people are always saying we have a nest egg in our CPF. We are a nation of savers, right? But we are not a nation of investors. Mm. And I think it's not our fault, really, because in the past, we are all quite happy with the interest rate. But inflation has caught up and the world is so uncertain. So maybe a lot of our learning should be self-owned, financial literacy, and also making it bite-sized, making it affordable for people to learn about investing. And, you know, that is a skill. It's a life skill. So many of us are so busy just working and hoping that through savings, we could, uh, you know, retire comfortably. But why should we retire? Why are we not also teaching our near retirement age folks that there are different jobs and different roles? And it need not be the same job that we retired from, but a bigger job that we can actually contribute. And, um, you know, it keeps us engaged. It keeps us alive. And once you worry less about that nest egg, I think it makes life a lot more worth living. Now, here's the million-dollar question, Annie, with less than two years left in the 14 Parliament's five-year term and a leadership transition from PMD to DPM Wong on the horizon. There's talk that this could be the last budget before the next general election. Annie, will it be an election budget this year? And how far does it have to hit the right notes in maintaining trust and confidence in the PAP government? So this also needs to be shifted. <laughs> so sorry about that, right? Why are we talking about election budget? Why are we not saying it's an inclusive, purposeful budget? And it should not be just uh, election budget because we are expecting goodies to be handed up. If we want to measure success, it should be about the trust that needs to be built. So, you know, I love the fact that we have a forward SG report. And it's a great report, you know, with 200,000 people getting engaged, 16 months of work. It's the wishes of our new generation. If you look at the cover of the report, it's actually a lot of young people, multiracial, and they want a future Singapore that they could be proud of. So I believe that this will be an intentional budget where we set in place a purposeful, meaningful life for the way forward. And of course, because we have the fiscal budget in our hands, it should start moving in that direction. So yes, it will be an election budget to build purpose and to bring all Singaporeans together that in spite of the challenges outside there, you are not alone and we are in this together as one people. All right, an intentional budget to look out for. That's a great preview of what's to come with Annie Ko, Professor Emeritus of Finance from the Lee Kong Chen School of Business at SMU. Annie, thank you so much for your time and insights this morning. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. Have a good day. All right, have a good day too, Annie. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.